Well, welcome today to all of you all over the world on the Internet campus at all of our campuses, all of our network churches. We're glad that you're with us. And today we're starting a brand new series called Prayer. Could I get uh, participation from all of you at all of our campuses? I'm curious, how many of you would say that if you're really honest, your prayer life could use a boost? You're a believer, and you, but you could be a better prayer. I know that's so true for me. In fact, so much of my life, I felt like I've been really inadequate as a prayer warrior, that I, I could be so much better. I felt guilt for uh, not praying enough, and I know a lot of people are like that. So if there's any series I really believe that our church is positioned uh, really to tackle, it would be on prayer. We're going to spend three weeks today. We're going to build a uh, very simple foundational understanding. Next week, we're going to talk about the mystery of unanswered prayer. How come it seems like one guy prays and God does everything, and then I pray, and God doesn't seem to do what I ask him to do very often. And in the third week, we're going to look in detail at the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. Let's deal, first of all, though, why more people don't pray. Why is it that so many people really don't have a great prayer life? And I'll give you four reasons based on my experience of why people don't pray more. Number one, if you're taking notes, a lot of people are not really sure how to pray. Uh, you know, is it legal to pray for this? Am I praying the right way? Am I praying too long, too loud? Am I doing it right? And a lot of people really don't know how to pray. Number two, a lot of us, we get bored or distracted while trying to pray. Would anybody say that's been you ever? I'll be praying, I'm like into the prayer, 30 seconds into it, and I've got prayer momentum, and the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, and God do this, and oh my gosh, I forgot to change the oil in my car, and we need butter. And, you know, and, and then boom, and I'm, I'm off in some other direction. Number three, a lot of us, we think our requests are too small for God. You know, God is all-powerful, he's, he's all-knowing, he's ever-present, so why would he be concerned with this little thing that's bothering me, and so often we don't take these things to God? And number four, some of us are not sure that our prayers will really make a difference. You know, if God already knows it, and he can do whatever he wants anyway, then why do I need to pray uh, it didn't work last time, so I'm not really sure my prayers would make a difference. And so a lot of us go through life truly believing in God, but having a half-hearted or sometimes almost non-existent prayer life. So let's start today at the most basic level, and we'll build from there. Let's first start off by bringing kind of a working definition to prayer. What is prayer? And I'll give it to you as simply as I can. If you're taking notes, prayer is simply communicating with God. That's what it is. And this thought is, is so simple, and yet it's still so hard to believe that we have access to God. I mean, th that is just, that Scripture says we can come boldly before his throne of grace that we might find help in time of need. It's, it's still hard to even imagine that we have access, and yet it's still that simple. It's just communicating with God. And I'll give you a verse of Scripture that means a lot to me. Uh, these are the words of David in Psalm 5, verses 1 through 3, and what we're, we're going to see is a little bit of how we can creatively pray toward God. Our prayer life doesn't have to look like everyone else's, and I hope today to break some of you out of a prayer box so you can pray more creatively. Here's, here's Psalm 5, verse 1. David prays, Give ear to my words, O Lord. 
Okay, listen, please, God, I, 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 I'm asking you to listen. Give ear to my word. And then he says, consider my what? He says, consider my sighing. Now, I want you to stop there and acknowledge something a bit unusual, that he's asking God to consider his sighing. His sighing is going to be communicating toward God, just like when Amy sits next to me, she can sigh a sigh of frustration because she's married to a man. <sighs> you know, ladies, you know that sigh. Or she can sigh a very, uh, 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 very content sigh, like I've got her in my arm, she's protected, she feels safe, and I'm, I'm her knight in shining armor, she gives me a, <sighs> okay? And, and in, a, in a very real sense, we can communicate toward God, with God, with a sigh, a sigh of frustration, a sigh of contentment, uh, and, and he, he says, God, I'm going to talk to you. Consider my sighing. God, God you're, we're so intimate, I can sigh towards you, and, and, and you can acknowledge what I'm saying. Verse 2, he says, listen to my cry for help. My king and my God, for to you I pray. And here he's acknowledging that this isn't some God that he knows about, but it's, he has an intimate relationship with God. Consider my cry to you. You're my God. You're my king. Verse 3, he says, and this is beautiful. He says, in the morning, O Lord, what do you do? Say it aloud. He says, you what? You, you hear my voice. I want you to stop and just think about how life-changing that is. God hears our voice. The creator and the sustainer of the universe cares enough about us to listen. In the morning, God, you, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and what do I do? I, I await in expectation. God, you're so good, and you've been faithful, and I know you, and I know your goodness, so God, here's what I'm thinking about, and now I'm waiting. You're gonna do something, God, because you did the last time. I, I'm, I'm waiting in expectation. I can't wait to see, God, what you're gonna do. You may do exactly what I asked. You may do something better. You may do something totally different, but God, I know your heart and your character. I know you're faithful to respond to my prayers. Consider my sighing. Give ear to my prayers, oh Lord. I'm leaning into you. I'm giving this to you, and I'll wait. I can't wait, God, to see what you're gonna do. I'll wait in expectation. This is not how I grew up praying. It's who David was, and it was a creative expression of his prayer to his father. Think about this. If you uh, are blessed with kids, I bet you anything, you relate in intimate ways with your children, but they're all unique, right? I've got six kids, and we relate differently. One, one daughter, we like to read together, and after reading, she's real open with me. Another daughter, it has to be 9.30 at night. She's quiet as a mouse all day, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. One of my sons, it's on a walk. Daddy, can we go on a walk? And there's something about little child holding hands, and he starts talking about the bigger things of life. We connect on a walk. My little kid, it's after about an hour of wrestling and Zerberts until we're finally so exhausted, and we just lay there, and we start to talk. We connect in different ways. Give yourself permission to recognize prayer is not just kneeling down by the bed with hands clasped. You can, some of you, you might like to sing, 
and you could sing your prayers to God. You're a great singer. Others of you, you can't sing worth a lick. And God would probably say, please don't sing your prayers to me. You know, some of you, you love to write, and you could write out your prayers to God. Or you could type an email to God. Or some of you, you could just learn to pray during routine tasks of the day. Or when you're hurting, you may just go before God and just kind of unleash your emotion toward God and, say, and cry with them. Or if you're having a great day, you may be like, God, man, I love that sunrise. You're just showing off. That's just awesome, God. And you might hear something funny and you might tell God a joke. And I know he's heard it before, but you know, you're, just, you're just so with God that you can do life with him in prayer. If you will have the courage to break out of your preconceived ideas of what prayer is, has to be. Prayer is communicating with God. And I want to show you four very simple ways to communicate and to talk with God, and then we'll build in the weeks to come from here. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. How are we going to talk to God? We're going to learn to talk to God with gut-level honesty, because the reality is so many people don't. I mean, I'll talk to guys, we're at lunch or whatever, and like, dude, what's kicking? And they're talking, hanging out, gross, you know, man. And then let's pray over a meal. Oh, heavenly Father, creator and sustainer. And they get prayer voice going. And, and, and you know, it's like, where'd that come from? And then they're done like, hey, dude, pass the pepper. You know, and, and it's like, they talk to God in a way that they don't talk to anybody else at all. And sometimes people almost put a show on for God in prayer, and I know God must be sitting back going, uh, uh. I mean, imagine if one of my kids came up to me and just stopped right before they got to me and said, grand omnipotent father of the household, we beseech thy prayer, and you know, and, and I'd be going, huh, huh, and, and what do they do? They, they climb up into my lap, and with authenticity, they say, hey, daddy, I love you, let's go play, and God is our heavenly father, wants to talk, wants us to talk to him with authenticity. It doesn't have to be a show. In fact, there are times in Scripture when people are so honest, it's almost scary. And there are so many examples of, of people just kind of almost giving God what for, and I guarantee you, God is secure enough to handle this. One example is, is Moses in the Old Testament when he was rather upset with God, and you can almost hear the sarcasm in his prayer in Exodus 5, and 23, when Moses returned to the Lord, and in his prayer, he cried out, Oh, Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is that why you sent me? I mean, he's just, he's just being honest, and you can hear his pain and confusion and doubts. He says, Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he's brought trouble upon his people, and you haven't rescued your people at all. What can you do? You can pray honestly before God. Now, you'll always want to be reverent, You'll always want to be worshipful. You'll always want to be submissive to him. But there are times when you can just say, God, I don't get it. I've been trying to do what I thought you wanted me to do, and what's going on? Is it you? Is it me? God, I'm, I don't even know how to pray. There may be times when you're looking at something going, I, should I pray? This? I, I, don't, I don't know, God. I'm concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about this. And you just... You just pray to God with a gut-level honesty. In fact, if you look at Jesus, there's only two things that he criticized about people's prayers. The only, only time he was critical is when they, were, when they were too lengthy for show purposes and when they were inauthentic. Here's what, he, here's what he said. 
He said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 7. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. They're more concerned of what people would think of their prayers than of what God would think. Then he said this. He said, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Your prayer doesn't have to be unnecessarily long, and it doesn't have to be perfect and fancy before God. Just talk to God with gut-level honesty. I guarantee you, most of you raised your hand and said, my prayer life could improve. If you just talk to God like you would to uh, an intimate friend, your prayer life will take off. We talk to God with gut-level honesty. Second thing, if you're taking notes, is this. We need to learn to talk to God about everything that matters to us. What matters to you? Take it to God in prayer. Scripture's very clear, Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in what? Would you say it aloud, all of our campuses, but in, in everything, the big things, the small things, the medium things, in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, what do you do? You present your request to God. In everything, we talk to God about it, everything. Whatever's important to you, talk to God about it. In fact, this really came clear to me a couple of weeks ago. We had some news that I had to tell my kids that I knew was going to be upsetting to them, and so I kind of called a little family meeting, and I said, kids, here's the deal, and I told them, and I knew a couple of my daughters were gonna be especially upset about it, and I really tried to spend some time with them, you know, talk to me about it, and they kind of just, they said, oh, we're fine, Dad, we're fine. Well, I went to work, and I came back, and one of my daughters had been in a room crying, and Amy was there talking to her, and Amy said, why don't you go talk to your dad about this? And she said, oh, dad's got so much going on with the church, and I just don't want to bother daddy with this. And when Amy told me this, man, my heart just broke. I came in and I said, sweetheart, you need to understand that if there's something that matters to you, it matters to me. Even if it seems small to you, it, if it matters to you, I promise you, it matters to me. And that's gotta be the way God looks at you as, as his children. If it's important to you because you are God's child, it's important to him. In fact, I was looking through scripture and just for fun, I made a list of some of the different prayers that people prayed. And they were just, I mean, I could have given you hundreds of things, but what I wanted to do was just show you the, the uniqueness of what mattered to different people and show you the variety of things that people cared about and took to God. I'll give, give you just a, a brief list. Uh, Zacharias wanted a son, and so he said, God, please give us a son. Solomon asked God for wisdom. Above all else, give me wisdom. Moses and Samson both asked God for water in a time when there wasn't water. God, please give us water. Daniel had a weird dream and he didn't know what it meant and said, God, help me understand what this dream meant. And he prayed about that. Gideon felt called by an angel of the Lord to do something. He was like, God, if this is you, I need a sign. Give me proof, God, that this is really you. Abraham had a servant who prayed that God would give him favor to find a wife for Isaac. Grant me success today as I go on my journey. Uh, David prayed for forgiveness after sinning with Bathsheba. Create in me a, a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, he prayed. Uh, Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. God, make it stop. Three and a half years, it didn't rain. Then he prayed again, make it rain, and 
it rained. Again, Paul prayed about something that bothered him, this thorn, something in his side, and he pleaded with God three times, please God, take it away. The disciples, they prayed for boldness, make us bold in the midst of persecution. Jesus prayed that his disciples would be one, be unified. And when you look through scripture, what you're gonna see is all these different things that mattered to God's kids, they took it before God, and it mattered to God because it mattered to his children. Pray about everything. My kids, I, I taught them this principle. Uh, they, were, they were begging for a dog, and I love dogs, but we've got too many pets. We've got cats. I don't even like cats, but we've got cats, and we've got hamsters, and we've got birds, and we've got fish, and we've got raccoons that aren't really ours, but they eat the cat food that I don't like and come up every day, and so they're like our pets. And so my kids wanted a dog, which I like, but I didn't want any more pets, and so I said, I'll tell you what, kids, you pray, and if God provides the right dog, I'll consider it. My kids had the most passionate prayer meeting you've ever seen. It made Pentecost look small. They, they gathered, they bound up evil spirits that would keep the dogs away. They called on, in heaven. They asked for angels to deliver dogs. I mean, it was a, this massive pr- faith prayer thing. You've, I mean, it was like if I was dying in the hospital, they wouldn't have prayed five minutes. But for this dog, man, they, and if I'm lying, I'm dying. The next day, the next doggone, pun intended, day, I drove up the driveway and all six kids were out in the driveway and they were dancing, they were high, they were chest button, they were high five in the air and I pulled up and little Sam, who's seven, the ringleader behind this prayer and fasting movement for a dog, I rolled down my window and said, what's going on little buddy? And his eyes, he goes, daddy, God heard our prayer and he sent us a dog. <laughs> well sure enough, We live out in the middle of nowhere, and evidently, someone took a puppy and dumped him to die, and an angel of the Lord (laughs) guided that little puppy up to my house. And so now we have Sadie the dog who poops and pees everywhere and has chewed up all of my shoes, but I really don't care because God answered the prayer of my children because it mattered to them. What matters to you? Pray about it. You got, you, got, you got headaches that plague you? Talk to God about it. Your feet hurt at the end of a 10-hour work day? Talk to God about it. You got a car that's got 220,000 miles on it and you're saying, should I trade it in? I don't know. Talk to God about it. You're about to start a term paper and you're, you're a little unsure if you really talk to God about it. Your, your child is struggling uh, in second grade. Talk to God about it. Your boss is driving you crazy at work. Talk to God about it. You're concerned about the economy and you don't know, should I take a second job? Talk to God about it. You've got tension in your family and you're worried the holidays are coming up. Talk to God about it. And kids, kids everywhere, kids, if you want a dog, talk to God about it. And if Sadie keeps eating my shoes, you may get a dog named Sadie. You know, I mean, just just, whatever matters to you, talk to God about it. Scripture says this, we're told in Scripture to cast our cares and cast our anxiety on him, 1 Peter 5, 7, why? Because what? Because? Because he cares for you. We're going to talk to God openly and honestly. We're going to talk to God about everything that matters to us. Number three, we're going to learn to talk to God continually. 
talk to God continually. And this, this third thought on prayer, I promise for many of you, it can, it can revolutionize your prayer life. I know because it has mine. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, to be joyful always and to pray how? Would you say it aloud? To pray continually. The King James says to pray without ceasing. To pray continually. Give thanks to God in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To pray continually. The number one most positive change in my prayer life has been to learn to pray continually. Because, like I told you, I just can't pray in long spurts. I've got an ADD prayer life. Now, some of you, you're more like my wife. Uh, what she does is she gets up and she spends the first hour of every day before anybody gets up in prayer. And when I'm going out the door, she's kneeling down and she prays. If I tried to do that, I'd be back asleep, okay? And, it, I mean, just that's just not... I'm not good at that. But what I've learned to do is instead of praying for long spurts, to pray often and throughout the day. And I've, I've learned to have a, an ever awareness of the presence of God. And so I've trained my mind, the very first thought of the day is a God thought. Immediately when I wake up in the morning, it's God, thank you again for this day. I pray that you would use my life for your glory, and that's my opening prayer. And then throughout the day, all throughout the day, I'll pray and pray and pray. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. He was a British evangelist years ago, and he said that he never prays for more than 20 minutes at a time. But he also said he never goes more than 20 minutes straight without praying. Some of you, this can be revolutionary, and this is closer to me. I don't pray for long periods of time, but I never go long periods of time without praying as I walk into the office. God, I pray today you would use me to help lead this church effectively. As I see my assistants, God, thank you for what you've done in her life. I pray for her marriage and for her children. I see another person in my office whose grandfather is sick. Oh, God, yes, I lift the grandfather before you and ask for your healing power in their life. I see someone else who's, I know their marriage is struggling. God, I pray by the power and the name of your son Jesus that you would intervene and bring healing in their marriage. Oh, God, I'm going to this meeting. I'm not sure what to say. Give me wisdom to say the right words today. Oh, there's this decision, God. I, I, I need your divine direction to make the right decision. Oh, God, I'm at the gym, and there's that person, and I, I know what he's going through. God, I pray for a miracle in his life. And so it's an ongoing, consistent conversation with God. It doesn't have to be just in the morning or just over the meal, but it's, it's an awareness of the presence of God. It's an ongoing conversation I like what one guy said. He said, for me, I've learned in my continual prayer, whatever I'm praying for, I always push, P-U-S-H, push, P-U-S-H. It stands for this. He said, I pray until something happens. I'm like the widow in Luke 18 who comes back before the unrighteous judge who finally gives in because she's so persistent. And Jesus said, don't you think God will be like that if you're persistent in prayer? We're continually praying before God and we pray until God does something, until something happens, until God changes the circumstances or until God changes me. I'm gonna pray until something happens. It's a continual prayer, just like Hannah who was praying, God, send me a son. And she was caught in a continual state of prayer recorded in 1 Samuel 1, verse 12. Scripture says, as she what? Say it aloud. As she kept on praying to the Lord. That, that, that phrase, 
could capture your heart as you were driving to work and kept on praying to the Lord, as you were mowing your yard and kept on praying to the Lord, as you were in conversation with people and you kept on praying to the Lord. What is prayer? It's communicating with God. It's talking to him with a gut level honesty. It's talking to him about everything that matters to you. It's talking to him continually. And number four, it's learning to talk to God and then we listen for his response. We talk to God and we listen for his response. Imagine how flat any one-sided only communication would be. Think of a marriage, Think uh, if I'm married to Amy, think of if I always said to her, here's what I want you to do, and I never listened to her. Hey, could you make breakfast today? Hey, could you bring this by my office today? Hey, could you pray about this for me today? Hey, could you pick up my dry cleaner today? Hey, you hot baby, could you come over here and give me a little smooshy smooshy today? She'd be like, smooch yourself, okay? <laughs> Why? Because if there's not a two-way communication, it's not much of a meaningful relationship, is it? Why would you think that God would be any different. God not only wants to hear us, but he wants us to hear him. How is he gonna speak? In all sorts of different ways. You say, well, do I need to hear the loud, booming voice of God? He may speak that way, but he often doesn't. I like in Elijah, uh, when, when God spoke to Elijah one time, scripture says uh, very clearly that there was a wind that tore through the mountains and shattered the rocks, but God was not in the winds. Then there was a huge earthquake and most people would have thought God was in there, but God was not in the earthquake. Then there was a blazing fire, but God was not in the fire. God did reveal himself, though, 1 Kings 19, verse 12. After the fire came a what? There came a, a gentle whisper, and that's how God spoke. God may speak to you through his gentle whisper. God may speak to you when you're in prayer and you open up his word, and you search for truth in his word, and, and you let him speak to you daily as you read his word. God may speak to you through other people. God may speak to you through circumstances, when you have eyes to see what he's saying and how he's directing. God may speak to you uh, audibly. God may speak to you through the voice of his spirit if you'll listen, because sadly, so many people aren't. So many people aren't. When... Um, when Amy and I were praying about starting this church, it was about 13 months ago, almost to the day, 13 years ago, 13 years ago, almost to the day, we were saying, God, is this what you want us to do? And we were scared to death. And we, were, we were scared because, you know, no, no resources, no people. God, you have to tell us. Well, we had been out to uh, California and visited a well-known ministry just to learn from them. And if any of you listen to Christian radio, there's uh, a lady named Crystal Lewis who took an old song and redid it, a newer version back then called Come Just As You Are. And we heard her do this song live as they invited people to meet Christ. And when we heard this song, it captured the essence of everything that we felt like this church would represent. And we cried all the way through it like, God, this just, this, this is it. It's this, the spirit behind this. And so this was before Google, and we didn't know how to find the song. We'd ne we couldn't find anybody that knew anything about the song. And so we were praying. We were back home, and we were driving in our biblical car, a Honda Accord, because all the disciples gathered in one Accord. Thank you. And so we were in, in our Honda driving along, and we were just praying, God, you've got to show us. You've got to show us. If you, if you want us to do this, show us. Give us a sign. And the, in the middle of our prayer, the first time we ever heard on the radio this song, 
came on right in the middle of our prayer and we just looked at each other and we said, God has just spoken to us. And I believe with everything in me that he did. You may say, oh, that's a coincidence. Well, it may be a coincidence for you, but for me, it was the voice of God confirming through prayer his direction. And so everything that happens today all over the world through you and through this ministry, I can trace back to God speaking to us through prayer, communicating with God. 13 years from now, your life should look radically different because God wants to say something to you today that could change the course of your family, the course, the, the, it could change generations to come because God will hear from you and if you listen, you'll hear from God. Prayer, communicating with the God of the universe. Oh God, listen to my cry, hear my prayer, consider my sighing. In the morning I pray to you, I give my request to you and I wait in expectation, God, because you've revealed yourself before. I cast all my anxiety on you because you care for me. God, I want, I want to know you through prayer and I want to hear your voice. Now, God, I, I, pray for, I pray for our church, God, that we would become people of prayer. As you're praying right now where you are, I'm, I'm just curious, and I want you guys to be honest. Those of you who would say, you know, um, my prayer life could use some improvement, and I want it to improve. If that's you at all of our campuses, would you just lift your hands right now? Just lift them up. Their hands going up everywhere, and I'm gonna pray an aggressive prayer for you. God, I ask that you would supernaturally draw us to you. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. And God, I recognize that for some of us, that may mean we get into a place where it's all we have is you. And if that's all we have, that's all we need. God, I pray that throughout this day, that all of us would become more aware of your presence and we would just talk to you, just in a conversation with honesty and just, just multiple times throughout the day. God, I pray that our extended prayer time would grow and God, the frequency of our, of our interaction with you would grow. And God, I, I pray that as we, as we speak that we'd start to hear your voice. God, for those that would say, I don't know if I've ever heard the voice of God, I pray that your voice would become very clear. Just as Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice, they recognize it. Help us, help us God, as we become more intimate with you in prayer to be people who recognize your voice. And God, I, I pray that in the months to come that our church would be different because we're becoming a church of prayer. Because we're, we're truly in fellowship, in a relationship with, the, with you, God, the creator and the sustainer of the universe. Make us people of prayer.